Hello, my name is Peter Barron. On behalf of SOAS Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office. Perhaps humans put too much store by physical things, but when they have less attachment to them, they seem to end up in my office, waiting to be found again, a puppyish look in the imaginary eye of the lost umbrella. Battered, collected by caring souls, they're deposited in the SOAS Lost Property Office. We all lose stuff. The sugar babes are apparently too lost in you to notice losing not one, not two, but three whole members, which is beyond careless. I do not have the sugar babes here, but I'll be guiding an even better guest for the items they've lost and hoping to distract them with some new items. Because this is not just a fake lost pra- radio property office. Fake laid radio lost property office. Lost radio pra- It's not a fake lost radio property office. It's a real university one. I've invited my guests over rummage and see what they can find. Who knows the rightful owner may be listening and can come pick it up. So welcome to this week's intrepid lost propertyer, Cicely Noel-Smith. Hello there. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm 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 good. You've been downstairs. You've seen I have the been office. Downstairs. And uh, what's it like? Um, it, it's it's. I was sort of expecting the the kind of school last property box, mm. um, and it didn't disappoint. It's bigger um, than that, isn't it? There's... It's bigger than that, but it's there's still that thing of a kind of box full of clothes. Oh, Several boxes, in fact. You were quite, you were quite brave because you actually went through the clothes. Most of the most of the guests poo poo the clothes and don't even go near them. You did actually look at them because there is a slight smell of sick. I yes. think that's why people avoid it. Not in there actually. The re- that comes from somewhere else. That comes from um, it comes from clothes being. It's like if you put stuff in the bin, it immediately starts to smell of bin of of like decomposing rubbish. It doesn't matter. You know, you put plastic in and in five seconds. It's true, but actually there was a, a real kind of thing. there was a real issue in the space. You may have noticed there was also kind of Febreze in the space. Um, yeah. That was because someone had lost a, a mug of milk um, oh, a nice. while back uh, and That's the lid lovely. wasn't wasn't quite as secure as it could have been and mm. the smell did drift around the room for a bit. Um mm. Uh, luckily, the room now smells of uh, industrial sealants for new windows that have been put in. Woo-hoo! So that's Much whatever nicer. happens. Uh, yeah, whatever happens, I'm always slightly, uh, um, slightly distracted by smells in that room. So mm. anyway, um, you've got some items in front. Do you want to bash them a bit? And, yeah, we're looking looking forward to that. It's quite quite paper based. Your, your very stuff very paper based. I'm, I'm very fond of paper. Yes, and, and rightly so. Um, but before we get onto the stuff that other people have lost, I want yes. to ask you about what you have lost. What I have so, lost. So uh, first question is always what item of greatest value or personal value or just interesting item that you have lost um, would you like to talk about? Oh, I mean, I I'm the kind of person who loses things a lot, and right. breaks things a lot. So you develop a, a, a protective um, flippancy. Mm about losing things, um, because otherwise you would die of anxiety. Um, but last night, um, while uh, not exactly sober on the streets of London's trendy East London, I lost some people. Oh, no. Yeah, which was a, a bit difficult. No, I don't know, the, I don't know the, the monetary cost of an individual human life. Uh, I, I hear it's quite high. I, but I would like to think it was very high. Yeah. Um, I, so he, this, this, could be, this could be the diamonds we had in episode three. <laughs> oh, episode four, sorry. Um, it could, but it... Uh, that that diamond, I think, came uh, didn't didn't come back. So whereas... these diamond line people, do you want to mention their names or at least allude to them by a, a nickname or so? How many people did you lose? It started out as two, and then we sent one off to find them, and then it was three, and then we sent another one off. It's a bit horror movie esque that bit. <laughs> it's you know. a bit horror movie esque, but thankfully only happening on the, the, the outside Shoreditch Church. And it was definitely in that kind of space. It where, was definitely you know, them who were lost rather than you. Well, we stayed. The, the primary rule of not being lost is obviously you stay in the same place so somebody can find you. 
Yeah. So if you're the one who is staying in the same place, then you're not the one who's lost. I think that's. Yeah, I think. I think it, certainly, if you're going to a stated place as well, yeah, and you are at that stated place, then you're not the lost one. Yeah. And oddly, when when you lose people at this kind of difficult hour of the the morning, um, <laughs> the the although you technically know they are grown adults <laughs> and they should be capable. Of taking care of themselves. And also, to be honest, it's their own fault. Yes. And it's their own business. Yes. Some some strange chemical transition that's happening in your body can give you an overdeveloped sense of worry yeah. and of responsibility. Well, it's, you know, you're on the streets of London, a big metropolis, late, late at night. Heaven knows what might happen. Dangerous things people. happen. I mean, yeah. Jack the Ripper's not around anymore, but he's, his legacy is still there. And certainly if I were... Um, a future serial, serial killer, I would definitely be picking the streets of London's trendy East London. Yes, London. That, Who the, is going to miss them? Metropolitan Police, take notes now. <laughs> if there are murders in Shoreditch, I'm just saying, I know where to start looking first. Would, would, would you have a, uh, and I know this is being quite flippant in the in a serious subject like this, and certainly yeah. if a major East London crime spree happens over the next week, we may cut this out, but... Have you got a preference for a, a murderer nickname you might want? I think I, I've always thought that murderer nicknames... I haven't always thought. I've just now <laughs> okay, thought yeah. that mur- murderer nicknames are good when they're kind of locally based. Yeah, so the Yorkshire Ripper. So the Ripper. kind of Wimbledon Poisoner. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yorkshire Ripper. So therefore, something like the, the Shoreditch Strangular. Strang- the Strangular, <laughs> yeah. No. Strangulator. Well, so would you, pick, the, would you pick your uh, your method of dispatch? You, you don't pick your own... That's the thing. You don't pick your own. Some... As far as I understand it from television about serial killers, it's picked by the media, and Generally. it's a terrible thing they do, and that encourages the serial killer to kill more because media. But let's say, let's say, you, if you were in the business, so, and you so, didn't so want to do it. What you'd have to do is you'd have to pick a thing that connected to the area that was obvious enough that someone was going to choose that nickname for it, you. It strikes me mere alliteration would probably do it, as you said. So the short it's strangler. Yeah, but you need to make sure the, that you Hoxton, did it. Hoxton. Hoxton. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of a way of killing someone. It'd be hammerer, but that, that <laughs> seems hammerer, kind of wrong. Yeah. But you'd also need to make sure Dalton that you go, Yes, that would be quite good. Um, you need to make sure that it's very clear the geographic area you're suggesting. So let's say you were going to be the, st- the Shoreditch Strangler. You'd probably have to do it directly outside of High, G- High Street Shoreditch. Yeah, you wouldn't, exactly, because you wouldn't want to be in Hoxton, because yeah. then, then they'd get confused. And you'd make sure it was strangling. Uh, yeah. Because what you know, they could turn around and say, "Oh, it was the uh, the Whitechapel asphyxiator." No, <laughs> no, not no, even, not even alliteration. That's Get terrible. It right. Yes, yeah, um, so yeah, so yet again, please, you know, if it's absolutely <laughs> obvious what cool nickname this murderer should have, then it's again, I would say, I would say, looking definitely me, the yes. Tufnell Park Oxford axis, or uh, <laughs> stroke Japan sometime. Um, so um, normally at this point, I would um, take some musical. You know, you bought two CDs up. I bought two CDs but because I've one has very little information on it. Increasingly so. less interested in the one that has no information on it. When I discovered that actually it did have information on it, oh, okay, which makes it boring up. to me. Okay. But I did find one which is called The Uyghur Musicians of Xinjiang. Which, which you believe you have at home. I might have at home. I'm not sure. Well, I might have, I might have found it. Um, you haven't lost it and that's not your handwriting, is it? It's, it's certainly not my handwriting. But um, it's interesting to me because the, the Uyghur people were this people in kind of, I think... Where, like, it's northern China somewhere? Is it, is it the like Mongolia? Mongolia? Yeah, the Mongolian border, I think. Yeah. Inner or outer Mongolia? Outer? I don't know how it works. Is it like belly buttons? When, when, when the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I know that, that 
uh, the Mongol script was based on the Uyghur script. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's just very cool to me to to think about them as a people as a people who continue, and as a people who have their because there's the Uyghur and the Kitan. Right. And all of these various interesting kind of borderland people. Lovely so, little Kitans. Um, lovely, lovely little Kitans. Uh, which track would you like to hear? I'd like track nine, please. Track nine. Okay, I'm moving the CD on and letting it get ready and let's see if it is ready to go. Uh, it's not on cue for some reason, so huh. let's see. There we go. This. Yeah, so we're going to tittle under us for a bit because it's about four minutes long. Um, listening to that, uh, you yeah. made an interesting observation. Did I? Uh, yeah. yeah well, the, it seemed quite similar. Well, not. There are some similarities with with uh, Shimota, which is the kind of Okinawan Ryukyuan style mm-hmm. um, of. Sometimes it, it's, it's sometimes called minyo or folk music, but it's kind of. That's when it's brought onto the rubric of Japan, and it's very difficult to talk about the Ryukyus of being part of Japan because they weren't part of Japan mm-hmm. until the late nineteenth um, century and complicated political yes. things. But yeah, we, when we look back, we're using our current geopolitical map. It makes no sense sometimes. Yes, and, and it also um, doesn't make that much. If you're talking about kind of Ryukyu and traditional music, you kind of have to think about the. Ryukyu and seagoing mercantile empire mm. of the 16th century. So this is an area you know quite a bit about, obviously. Uh, this is an area you sort of semi-studied. I've got, I've got, I've got a bit of an interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing cool. a PhD in, in, in Japanese stuff. I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Isn't that Japanese the, stuff, yes. Your, your that, title of your PhD at the moment is... the title is, of my PhD. Is Some Japanese things. Colon. About which I have thought. Yeah. That's, I, and I think... I think I, but I, that comes doing... after the colon, because being in the humanities, you have a joke before the colon. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then a serious explanation. 
I, a friend of ours um, uh, was looking for, couldn't remember his own PhD title, <laughs> but as a mathematician, uh, hello Toby, um, I found it for him in the in the library. No joke at all. Just Mass. a just Mass. simple seven word title that explained exactly what it was about. I was very impressed. I thought. That's what they should be like. There should be a moratorium on the. Only seven. The, I'm sorry, no. A title. A title should take up at least three lines. I think. Well, it's 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 a major part of your word count, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we had a student here who was very disappointed when they found out that you know, they they bought in very strict word counts mm. on their on their essays recently, and the title does count as part of the word count. What? As does their name, and they said, "Well, I've what? got I've got extra middle names. I didn't have to put your middle name in." I digress. Yeah. I digress. Um, so I should go by initials. Yeah, I suppose. Well, and, and as long as you squish them together. Yeah, it's all the same. All the same thing. Yeah, I, I know. And if, you, if you're worrying about free words, you can probably lose free words somewhere in there. I'm guessing. I could help with that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, so anyway, talking about losing things like that. Um, yeah. Things that you found. Things that I found. I found this one quite hard to think about. I'm not a finder. Not much of a finder. You're a loser, not a finder. <laughs> yes, yes, that is. I have to get that joke in once, once every episode, after all. Of me. Um, I did once find a, a stone hedgehog in the garden. That's quite good. Was it there originally and it had been missing? or? It was there originally. I was quite small, I guess, and I was kind of digging around, and a couple of, like, not as much as a foot underground, mm. but, you know, a, a significant number of inches underground, found... A bunch. I think I was expecting to find like skulls. Yeah, of course. Because I was in a very morbid period of being a child, and there was this idea that that there were dead things under the ground yes. all the time. So it's slowly being turned into of, oil. Yeah, and it was kind of fascinating. So I dug down and discovered this thing, and I was and I found some shells first, mm-hmm. and then I found this thing that was it definitely wasn't a shell. So I got very excited with the, fi- the the thing that it might be a bone, and then it turned out in fact to be a little statue of a hedgehog. It wasn't the petrified hedgehog. It wasn't a petrified hedgehog. No. Um, I just, just like trying to think that you know, if if in Greek mythology we've got the Medusa, then maybe there's a hedgehog Medusa that goes out there and you know, and, the, caught a, and what the the the, the and a, is it did, did Medusa have the snakes? Snakes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah snakes. So the the spines of the hedgehog, yeah, were all snakes. We're just like little, snakes. yeah, little snakes, and, and they've all been yeah. And petrified. so this is one of the Argonauts from Jason and the Argonauts. Um, which when we, I'm talking Harryhausen myths, because that's where right. I get most of my myths right. from, Harryhausen, and so therefore they massively. But the, I think Theseus is actually the or Perseus. Perseus. Perseus is the actual. Uh, Perseus versus the Gorgons. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, the Gorgons. Medusa is a Gorgon. She's a Gorgon. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Gorgons are Medusa. Zola. Zola. Oh, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Damn, you. Damn you! The one who the one who uh, kills you with her smelly cheese. Um, so, w- what happened to this hedgehog? I must admit, I, I, I just want to talk more about um, uh, hedgehogs with, with adders on their back. Because it would be a very British version very, as well, so it would be adders. Yeah, or slow grass worms. snakes. Yeah, yeah, or grass snake, yeah. Um, just worms. Just worms. Oh, yeah, it could just be worms. worms, yeah. yeah cause it'd be, that would be simultaneously adorable and disgusting. Yeah, I think, I think our, our guest last week would probably have a little rubber version of that on his mantelpiece, <laughs> if he could. Um, the, what did you do with the hedgehog? Oh, we kept... Well, the, he sort of became then a part of the general... Garden. Yeah, so yeah. It, um, it became a question of kind of putting him in different places. Would you move him around? Yeah, just to, yeah, to suggest you... that we had a real hedgehog, because obviously growing up in London, mm. um, we have foxes, but yeah. we don't really have, you know, the, the, the less noisy. Yes, Reynard has scared the rest off, hasn't yeah. he, yes, with his uh, aggressive um, binmanship. Yes, <laughs> bless but, him. Yes, no, I, uh, yeah, we, 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 when I was a child we didn't have any uh, animals, live, dead, or 
stone um, in any way. We weren't, we didn't have gnomes, we didn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. Are you, would you have a family who would, would have bought items like that in the past, or was it predate your family drink? Uh, it definitely predated our family in the house I don't think anyone in my family would have bought it but when you're a child you don't have a lot of native taste that's true and you do or perhaps you have the best taste ever perhaps you have the best taste but you definitely have a very well developed sense of of kitsch yeah Um, (laughs) and you you often (laughs) clamour for things that then you turn back and look at and realise one cannot stand so it's possible that you know a, a former child version of me would have seen that and decided they definitely wanted it because it was a little statue. But it was never named. Oh, but, but Max. 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 Max Hedgehog. That's Max nice Hedgehog. Name. Yes. Um, um, so I must have been quite old because when I was... All of my toys are called things like Blue Ted. Right. That's a good name. Yeah, Cat. I had I had Froggy. I had Bunny. Yeah. Um, I had Snoopy. But only because it was Snoopy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was about it. I think I only had three. Um, so I must have been quite old... In that I'd managed to give a hedgehog a name which wasn't hedgy. Yeah, yeah, which or is hoggy or, hoggy, or hedgy <laughs> yeah. hoggy. Uh, yes, indeed. Max, and, and, and and didn't even alliterate as well. So because yeah. that's what certain well, or, or you didn't go down the tiggy wink or line or anything like that. There wasn't anything yeah. overly cute about it as well. So, but as you say, you were in a morbid phase. Did you yes. ever find a skull? No. Have you ever found a skull? I've never found a skull. I've seen I've seen them in you know museums and stuff. I mean, yeah. and I've seen them on dead animals, but. But when you perhaps go on your uh, murdering spree, <laughs> the, uh, the, I'm coming off so well. To, to do that, the reason you're doing it is I never found a skull. Never found Must a skull. Must get a skull of my own. Shoreditch uh, skull dealer. Sc- yeah, that, that's, that's yeah. Uh, it's, it's not. It doesn't. It needs, it's. Uh, no, it's not euphonious. If you're right. into the skull, I guess that you could. You could be going down the Dawson uh, decapitator. Dawson decapitator is good. Better. Or scalper. Because you can see the skull, you can nice. short it scalper. Nice. Be, I don't know why we keep coming back. To this. I know why. Because it's why. really interesting. Um, next question then. Lost. When have you been lost? When have I been lost? Um, or where? Well, my mother has, of course, a million stories about me being lost because yes. she's my mother, and that's kind of what they do. Um, well, they lose you on purpose. They, they they constantly remind you of that time they were so worried because you were lost. Mm. Uh, like it's your fault when you're like a child. Like it's your fault when you were a child, and they were wearing the same coat as a different woman. Yes. <laughs> but I was thinking that uh, I was living in Japan for a while mm. and what I used to do to kind of try, because I was living in Tokyo and it's a very large city. It is. And in order to try and get to know places, because I'm I'm very indie and I don't necessarily want to do what the guidebook says, I kind of want to get a feel for the city by walking around. You know, you know the guidebook, that's the best stuff in there. That's why it's hush, in the guidebook. That's the best hush, stuff. Okay. Um, so I would intentionally get myself lost right i would get out of uh, an underground station somewhere mm-hmm. i would kind of walk as randomly as i could and in, kind in of... gates or in just direction would you would you walk <laughs> <coughs> in a funny <coughs> way yes Both. okay yeah. um and see if and, you can get yourself lost yeah and then i would see and then i would kind of just go for I mean, the, the nice thing because of the way that um Places are structured in Japan, rather than it being based around streets, it's based around uh, kind of units of land. So yeah. it's, it's actually quite easy to find a main road if you want to find a main road yeah. in Tokyo. So you could kind of go for a random wander through bits and pieces of space and see interesting places. And, you know, there's all these amazing bits where they, for some reason, it's with insurance, they tile the outsides of buildings. Right. 
And during the, 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 the kind of early Japanese summer, when it's really humid, it basically feels like you're walking around a massive swimming pool. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Odd, yeah. Yeah. The chlorine um, smell's not there, though. No. Well, not always. Not. Um, and then eventually, if you kind of got fed up of wandering around, it'd be a matter of turning some corners, getting to the main road, and the main road is probably going to lead you yeah. to a train station or an underground station. I, did a very, I, was in, I was only in Tokyo for a week. I did a very similar thing for a couple of days and found it really hard not to just come to come across another train station or two trains yeah, within about five minutes because they're everywhere. But you have to kind of see it out of the corner of your eye and yeah. potentially walk in the other direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing that makes uh, Tokyo a bit like a swimming pool is the proliferation of vending machines. And yeah. uh, in the previous show, we've discussed the vending machine swimming pool axis, and you know the, the, how awesome we are. But of course, the vending, vending machines in Japan more like to get coffee and beer from than um, the one yeah. in the Borenwood swimming pool. Well, yeah, no. There's no beer there, unfortunately. Otherwise, have you looked me. recently? No, I've not been out to my hometown for a while, though if anywhere was going to have a beer-selling um, <laughs> vending machine, it would be Borenwood. Um, so, so Tokyo, and you, you, cause it struck me earlier when you were talking about the um, you losing your friends last night. Yeah. You're not a person who gets lost easily. Well, I kind of... I'm not very good at reading maps, mm-hmm. but I have... And I have this terrible habit of relying on instinct. Yeah. to find places, which is never good. It often results in my eventually feeling completely lost and stopping and asking someone and them saying, it's around the corner. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the other thing about being in Tokyo is that there are maps everywhere. Mm. Uh, there's the same nowadays with the, the uh, Barclays Cycle Hire scheme that may or may not often have the name of a mayor of London appended to it. Um, Ken Bikes. He Ken thought bikes. of them. He thought of them. <laughs> yeah. The, the corporate cycle hire scheme, as I like to call it, uh, it. Remember to, to, to vote tomorrow. It is it is voting day tomorrow. So yes, really? yeah, indeed. Uh, they have those maps. Um, yeah. So you can actually see everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, but it's it's been like that in Japan for a while in yeah. a lot of places. So you can usually find out where you are from the map. Although the annoying thing is that they don't. North is not always at the top. Ah, yes. They tend to move the shape of the area until it looks best. So it's, north could be in any direction. It's the Manhattan problem. Yeah. Yeah, because Manhattan, you know, every time you go to Manhattan, you think it's north-south. And actually, in reality, it's not actually directly north-south. It's mm. it's skewed a bit to an angle, but it always looks north-south on the map. And therefore, any any map of New York and then New York State slowly gets rotated so that the, the fake view of Manhattan is maintained. Is, is maintained yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so now let's go on to what other people have lost. Um, you got... A book in front of you, or yes. you've got well other reading material as well. Let's material. go with the other reading material. The other, the other reading material is, is uh, vaguely exciting to me. Uh, it appears to be a bunch of bump, mm-hmm. as I believe is the technical term, that a person, I'm guessing a young woman, received when he or she went to. Well, if it's a young a woman, conference. it's she. Yeah, like not. Uh, anyway. yes, no, you're um, right. You're right. I shouldn't. You know. Z. Z. <laughs> went to. Uh, uh, seminar or a, an all-day conference on makeup. Okay, well, I'm sure they exist out there. There's not a yeah. industry out there that won't waste five days on a conference if they can help it. Yeah, so it's it's um, full of it's but it's really interesting because it's a combination of uh, promotional material that this person has been given out mm-hmm. and notes that they've taken during seminars on. You know, does it seem like a very academic conference it's pretty or more academic. of a trade conference? A trade, but the great thing about the beauty industry is, of course, that they really love 
Fake science. Fake science. They love fake science so much. Have you got any 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 um, names of any of the sessions there, or any titles of any sessions? Uh, that... Yeah, I have a list, and it's run away from me. I can see some radio. graphs on some of the handouts as well, which is paper on the radio. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a nine thirty to five thirty conference. Well, there's a lot to get in. Yeah. And so they had the different breakout groups uh, before lunch, for example, which were for Shanta Kay, who I've never heard of. No. Laura Mercia, Nas, By Terry, Rococo, and Shu Uemura. Not, I know none of these, but I'm not in the Nas world. Nas do of... a lot of good nail stuff, and Shu Uemura, uh, um, fancy, fancy uh, uh, makeup from Japan. Right. Blusher uh, and stuff. Are they, I think they do a very good foundation. Okay, yeah, well, you need a good foundation. You need a, it's true. Yeah. If you're going to spend money on things, spend it on foundation. Yeah. Uh, that, well, the stuff that's on the skin, basically, is that's the stuff you've got to yeah. worry about, I'm guessing. Yeah. I suppose it's uh, all on the skin. But it's it's quite fun because... Uh, Says you. I'm what? not sure. I would. I'm, I think a whole day of a makeup conference might oh, God, not work No, no, no. I, I, would have, I would have not enjoyed... No. Whole day. I can just about manage thinking about makeup in in concentrated bursts. I'm I'm quite fond of watching makeup tutorial videos mm. on the internet at kind of at points where I'm feeling slightly under the weather. Right. And you just sit and stare at a pretty lady put things on her face <laughs> for 15 minutes and it's fantastic. Do you uh, do you ever get attacked as you go into a, a department store? Um, you know the the that route as you go in, and they I want to do you a quick do. make a uh, quick makeover or. A... I never do, and I always worry that this is because I'm just so ugly. <laughs> not not the case at all. But it's it's, it's, a it's really probably weird... because you're too beautiful, and therefore they go. I, there's nothing I can do to improve I your look. It's probably because I'm not usually wearing makeup, and I think they they would gravitate towards women who are already wearing makeup, yeah. who they would assume are interested in, makeup, in yeah. putting more makeup on their faces, but. Yeah, when you're ignored by the, the the woman who is meant to be trying to sell you a thing, you're like, oh my god, I'm yeah. not even worth having this thing sold to me. You're not worth I'm it. I'm the worst <laughs> because you're not yeah. worth it. No, that's not true. But uh, so, any, <laughs> anything else leap out of you from from this conference? Well, I liked because this this you know this woman was very interested in what she was looking at, um, and uh, wow, these things this whole thing on ponytails. It's really cool. Ponytails on um, makeup. That's, uh, that's hairdressing. That, even I know the difference there. It's beauty. There. It's beauty. It's beauty. Okay. But is the next you know, you know one took... thing I know about beauty? Beauty. Twas beauty killed the beast. That much I know. Twas. Twas indeed. <laughs> in um, King Kong, not in uh, Beauty and the Beast, the um, Disney classic. Beauty doesn't kill the beast there. In fact, well, I believe. She does in a sense. Well, because... he's no longer the beast anymore. Yeah, she she affects the transformation from beast to beautiful human. But what was he? Was he a beast... My nature, or was he a beast in physicality? He was a beast physicality. He was yeah. a beast, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, was, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I only saw Beauty and the Beast for the first time uh, last year. Yeah, I only saw it for the um, first time last year. I think um, so. It's good. It's all right. It's good. It's not bad. It's, you, know, know. it's, um, it's, it's you have to worry a little bit about the uh, the moment. I mean, none of the cutlery and other um, anthropomorphic things in the in the building are given any warning that they're going to be turned back into humans when they do get turned back. Yeah. So some of them might have been like in a cupboard stacked on top of each other, which. Sorry, I, this, this, this is. I went to see a show uh, called Tom Tuck Goes Straight to DVD this week by a <laughs> okay. comedian who basically saw all the Disney straight to, straight to um, DVD films. <gasps> wow! And that's one of his jokes. I just nicked. So I apologise, Tom Tuck. There, but it's a very good show. Go see it. <laughs> 
Though it finished uh, two weeks ago. But. What I enjoyed about the, the notes that this there's one thing where she took notes on uh, the Chantiquet, who again I've, I've never heard of. Mm. They have interesting, you know, palettes. Palettes are they little pearls? Palette. Oh, palette. Uh, like a, 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 yeah, like a coral a... reefs palette, which I think it, it, apparently it captures the pretty, polished, clean, and feminine fashion trends of the spring season. As opposed a healthy, to the, fresh the, and the dirty, look. grimy tones of autumn. I'd like to go in. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like a, to go and see. A, a suggested retail price of £73. For what? For what looks to me like four eyeshadows. And you've only got two eyes, so. Yeah, that seems like, that you, seems you do, excessive. Apparently, you layer them. But what I liked about it well, is that she has these, guess, these amazing notes on it that are kind of like the the, the nano girl energizing eye serum contains tomato and mulberry stem cells detoxifying. And stem cells are the big thing at the moment. I bet. I bet. I bet all the really expensive stuff's got stem cells in it. Stem. It would worry it's me. Kind of, yeah. It might make I mean, my eyes would... grow more eyes. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it seems a bit... But then I'd need more eyeshadow. It, I can see why they're keen on it. You grow it and you get your eyes, you need more, more all eye of stuff. It's, it's all the colours on all of your eyes. Out. I'd like, yeah, the... the, um, the is there a animal uh, makeup industry as well? You know, makeup lipstick, for animals? Yeah, lipstick for dogs, blusher for cats. It's got to be soon. It's got to be something, you know. Yeah. Hedge, I um, think it'd be more... Poster more, paints for hedgehogs. Um, you, I, I bet there are people who pluck their animals' eyebrows. Yes. I bet there are. And there must be. There must be. must be something in, in crafts. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they genetically modify them, obviously. So, yeah. have been doing for years. Yeah. Well, yeah. have been doing... I mean, how else do we domesticate the world? Well, indeed, yes. I mean, that's... that's very, very slow genetic modification. Yeah, but, but it, it is in the end. That's all we're doing. Unnatural selection. Yes, whereas slavering stem cells over your eyes. I don't know. It seems a bit of a waste of stem also, cells. Also, it's like when, when you have uh, shampoo that advertises itself as containing... Like crushed pearls. I mean, I you know, you actually, you know what? You're putting it on your hair and washing it off again. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I had my hair washed in fairy liquid, and I've still got a luscious head of hair now. You have so indeed. It's a good you have idea. indeed. And uh, my mum's hands are still beautiful. So it's one. Uh, you know, you know the hair, the hair, the hair stuff I like is the probiotic stuff because I like to mix a bit <laughs> okay. of probiotic with antibiotics <laughs> and see it fights out in the pot. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's a nice tingling sensation on your scalp. We should we should probably get back to uh, Mongolia back to, of yes. some form or other. Well, not not Mongolia, Northern China. Northern China. Um, another track number for me. Oh, we had nine before, didn't we? Do we know how many tracks we have? I mean, there are ten. Okay, let's go for three. Okay. So, can you can you explain to me why you didn't the the other CD you you turned off? Well. The other CD, I looked at it, and it looked like it was a blank CD, and I thought, that's fascinating, that would be really interesting. And then I noticed, I worked out that it's not actually a blank CD. It's one of those CDs where they think they're really cool by mm. putting the name in very little letters. So what was the name the on it? Uh, it? Well, it's... Uh, where is it? <laughs> Film. It's by Thomas Clow. Uh, it's... Or possibly Dreaming of Music, I'm not sure. Uh, it's on Cubie Music, who are a Latin American uh, label. Uh, Thomas Clow are a band from Cuba, I believe. Okay, so you and you were less interested in that. Well, the, yeah, because the Wigger people. Okay, well let's the hear. People are awesome. Let's hear the awesome Wigger people. Track three. Thank you. 
and that's a proper ending. Um, so I really, I'm really enjoying this. So this is the Wigan people. Wigger. Wigger people, sorry, as in the film The Wigger Man. <laughs> uh, so not yes, as in the our, film The Wigger Man. Our researcher's joke, not mine. Uh, as in I'm attributing jokes to people this week rather than stealing them like I normally do. Um, you've got a book there. I have got a book. It's what, a very exciting book. What's the book? The book is called... Carboot Collectibles, a collector's guide to everyday antiques from the British Isles. Of course, we're nuts about uh, car boots and we and love car boots, and we love stuff. everyday antiques. Yes, cash in the attic type um, things. So you know, does it, is it a newish book? It does not look newish to me. No, um, I think it, it certainly predates uh, the young people's internet. Or <laughs> well, it doesn't necessarily predate predates the popularity. Yes. Oh, I, I, yeah, because it was first printed in 1907, so the internet was already a thing. But not much of a thing. Was it about, that's about the cusp year, isn't it? That's the first year yeah. I was really using the internet. Yeah. It was 97. Um, it's a Marshall Cavendish production. Yes, I, it is uh, I, I saw that from the side. Uh, maker of, of many great part works. Um, yeah, I love part works. Yeah, well, and this looks like it could have been uh, something that was a part work and now isn't a part work has been put together as a uh, book. So just, yeah. Um, have you got any particular favourite pages? You, you've had a good flick through it during the I've had the, a good uh, flick through. Um, the I'm really... In- <laughs> Uh, there's, uh, I've just opened it to a page on cow creamers. Oh. Though originally intended as useful wares, colourful cow creamers were one of the most delightful, even humorous, creations of the 18th century ceramics industry and are collected today purely as ornamental pieces. Do you think they have a copy? You don't have to like cows or even cream <laughs> to enjoy cow creamers. <laughs> well, to enjoy them, no. Um, do, you, do you think they have a copy of this book under the desk on every episode of Antiques Roadshow? Just in case. I what reckon is it? this is where they it's find out all of their information. I, I think you're probably fairly right. sure. So um, what, what else? Now there, there seem to be some um, pages highlighted. Whoever's lost this book, um, was looking for some things. Yeah. So what um, were they looking for? Well, the first tab that we have is sort of gold and silver. Uh, uh, some, you know, teapots. They're not very interesting. Um, although I, I do like that it's, it's gold and silver. Um, <laughs> in, sorry, I'm just so sorry, fascinated. Sorry, a bit of frantic talking to the microphone in the office. I am um, so fascinated by this book, I can't even manage to look at, look uh, talk to the microphone. Um, the, the gold and silver section of China and Glass, which yeah. maybe they selected because gold and silver are neither China. Or glass. glass. So you think they're trying to point out errors in the book? I think they, they almost certainly are. The next one is on boxes and holders, and it uh, this is the page that features winsome pigs. Mm. Um, I prefer lose some pigs. Lose some pigs. Indeed, winsome pigs, lose some pigs. But not past the pigs. Um, not past the pigs, but lots lots of, of pigs on boxes. Does it suggest why pigs might be so uh, collectible? It's They seem to mostly be Edwardian. Hmm. I, I mean, pigs are collectible because they're like people. They are. He looked at one pig, he looked at the man, and he couldn't see any difference. It's true. George Orwell, eh? What a hack. What a, uh, <laughs> what a communist-hating Well, hack. what he noticed was pigs and humans were a bit similar, which you noticed there, and everyone else has <laughs> noticed a bit as well. Yeah. Very, very dirty creatures, pigs. No, no, they are. No, they are are. clean animals. No, No, see, everyone says this. Everyone says this. No, they live in mud. They're very dirty creatures. They live in mud because we make them live in mud. Next, you're going to say that. No, I'm not going to. No, they're dirty animals. They they walk around naked. Their morals are are down to the ground. It's you know they. Oh, I mean, they eat their young, but apart from that, they're fine. I eat their young. 
actually yeah, i eat them yeah. when they're grown up more yeah, the, the the pig veal market pig. suckling, suckling pig. pig suckling pig <gasps> sorry vegetarian listeners um, <laughs> well sorry for you well no no because because we could be saying it with disgust yes we could be no, I think kosher we, listeners mm, also suckling pig sensation was not so much disgust as yeah. longing longing so what else is in what else is there there. Uh, there seems to be a China Charlie Chaplin there or a China. That's actually a, a China Edward the Seventh. But <laughs> okay, you, yeah. you, you would not, you know, you'd be forgiven for the confusion. A fragile king, if ever we had one. Yes, this, this, this is the page of royal collectibles. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of Edward the Eighth. Much more fragile. Fairly <laughs> <laughs> a king. Yes. Um, I still, I don't really count him in my book. You know, Edward the Eighth. I don't count him as king in my book. Which book of this is? Which book of yours my is this? My big book of kings book that of kings. I wrote once, yeah. uh, which now now says, you know, Queen Elizabeth will be the last queen and the last king ever because it will end because the monarchy is defunct. That's how it works. I want a cycling monarchy or unicycling monarchy. You know, like they have it, like in Sweden, like in Sweden. But they they have normal bikes, yeah. but they could be on Ken bikes. That would be cool. I'd like to see them on a Ken bike. Do you think I they wouldn't ju- really like to see them. That Do you think they know how to cycle, the Royals? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm going with no as well. I reckon they've never done it. Yeah, I think they've always been driven around. And, but now they can't ever try and learn because it would be too embarrassing. Yeah, the people would see. They could do it in the garden on the grounds of Balmoral. But I think the servants would see. I bet there's no mountain bikes or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. No, I bet, I bet they can't cycle. They can't cycle okay. and they can never admit it. Any listeners, if, you, if you've if got anything to prove that they can cycle or any pictures of them ever on a bike, <laughs> I might go straight back down to Google and see if I can find them on a bike. But <laughs> the Queen on a bike. Hmm. Anything else in the book anyway? Are bikes in there? Any bikes in there? I don't, I don't, I don't Seems it. a bit big for it a car boot. For you can get a bike in a car boot, Ooh. but it's a big car. Yeah. Phone cards, collectible phone cards. Really? Yeah. Oh, and Mercury calling cards. I mean, I suppose they are now because they're something that existed and don't and basically, apart from the sort of cheap calling cards. Yeah, you get you get quite a lot of Labara style. But the ones that you put in the phone and you know which these are, I guess. Yeah. Um, a BT phone card. Yeah, I had a BT phone card when I was at university to call my mum. Mm-hmm. And I, even phone. sometimes I did. <laughs> it's, it's, it it does so seem good. like it's not a very in-depth book. It's not very in-depth at all. It's more, here are a bunch of things you that might you, find. Could, you could find and they might be of worth. And it tells you, you know, important and otherwise unknown facts. Like, I think if I was... If, I if was... it's damaged, it's not going to be worth as much. <laughs> If I was car booting, which I believe is the term, yeah. and I was selling something and I saw someone turning up with this in their hand, I would probably mark the items up slightly to the person coming over. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you should be using this to go through the lost property collection. I, I suppose that, I suppose I can. And I don't see think, if you can kind of, you know... Yeah, I don't, there's not, if not you're going to find any items of treen. Not much, <laughs> no. Not much va- of value treen. in there often. Uh, if it does, then... Oh, we did get big keys. You just went through a pipe. Keys and locks. Page page with the big sort of big iron key type stuff we got we got some really big keys a while back um cool. which someone then picked up and just thought and it was a giant obviously trying to get into his castle <laughs> on the top of a cloud but um <laughs> but yeah they're massive raw iron keys which appeared to work as keys european yeah. keys asian keys uh european though kind of i don't style. know the difference uh they yeah they, yeah, they, the, they the, the 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 structure of the lock is slightly different i didn't have to lock out the <clears> keys all right. well, okay, yeah, yeah, but you can tell from the key what the lock is going to look like. I suppose. Oh, that's, that's kind of how people 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not an expert, and I didn't have them for very long. Someone came and picked them up very quickly. So well, they were precious. They, well, I mean, people lose their keys, even if they are giant keys, which seem very impractical. <laughs> they still well, want. They, they still. It's want to easier them. to notice that you've lost your keys. That's the reason why I have a. My, my bunch of keys contains so much useless mm. stuff, like a radiator key and a drum key. Um, well, semi-useful. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's so that, you know... If, if you want to get into a drum... If you lose... If you can tell when you've lost them. Yes. Because it's so big. If you just have, like, one key... It's easily... Easily, easily pops lost. out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to drag you away from your uh, car boot collectibles. It's all good. Um, which does indeed exist... Have loads of things which have been lost to humanity. But what would be the item that has been lost to humanity... Um, well, back as a historian, I believe that nothing has actually been lost. Okay. Um, so, but Miss, well, I mean, obviously, these items which are lost are there to be found. So, something that is currently not well, available that you could find. It's more that things being lost and things that we can't get again. We we have this amazing power to reconstruct and to work around and to kind of imagine, and the the loss of documents or the loss of facts is actually a really interesting kind of space in which we can make stuff up potentially yes, yes. yes. make and everything so basically up saying, as, a as a historian the I'm best bits of the your subject is making it is up where there's nothing there so we can make it up so you haven't really given me an answer though i have so what would you like to make up or what what do you what what history do you make up the most <laughs> I've a PhD, PhD, viber <laughs> examiners take notes. Um, is, there a, is, there a, is, there, is there a document in your research at the moment uh, which, uh, which, if you found, would suddenly bring everything together or would be awesome, an awesome discovery it or would, would be write really, your stuff really, for you? It would be really, really awesome if the people I was studying were more literate than they were right. and wrote more. But then if they were, I guess there wouldn't be as much kind of... I don't know. Like, I would love, I would love well, the, more you, documents. They wouldn't the need affair. you to do the original research because because someone would else there. would have already done yeah. it. But I would love it if there were more writing by them because it's they are you know the the people who are, I, I study popular movement mm. and they're the people who are doing interesting stuff and they're kind of but because they're not the ruling classes, nothing's written down. Or very or stuff is written down, but stuff is lost. Yeah, like a lot of these, the, a lot of the protests actually take the form of writing signs and putting putting signs up, but that kind of stuff gets lost very quickly. Yeah, and there's no photos. So, and... I mean, the voice of people who haven't been in a position to write the history is always lost, mm. and that's incredibly annoying because they had the more. I feel like they probably had the more interesting internal lives, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they always um, say history is history is written by the winners, but actually, history is written by the literate. Yeah. I mean... Who have only won in a very limited set of... Yes, sometimes. Um, <laughs> yes, in, in, in a real sense, they're the losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. being able to read yeah. such a loser. And right. And right. Yeah. Um, but I always think the two come together. If you can read, you can probably write in the end. The other way around. Okay. But That's fine. I, I mean, I, I can read Japanese. I wouldn't say I could write it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, we'll go with the 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 the, the tragic loss of these voices. Then I yeah. think that's a that's a nice philosophical yeah. note to end on. That's good. Well, thank you very much for for being on. Um, at all. Thank you. For we've discovered me. that you are a serial killer in waiting, and you make up all your research. Um, so uh, I think discovered. I think it's, it's, everyone knew this already. It's in no way been fruitless at all. Our time here. Um, we're going to play one more um, track from the Winger People. Cool. Uh, which track would you like to hear? Let's have track seven. Track seven. Uh, and I'd like to 
thank you for coming along. I'd like to thank you for listening. Um, this has been the Lost Property Office here in uh, the South Lost Property Office, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you.